This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to another episode of the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm Brandon, and I'm joined by Josh. Hello. Hey, Brandon. How are you? I'm pretty good. Another week of FPL, another week of um, following Champions League tickers while sitting in my cubicle at work. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, hoping that uh, Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne doesn't tear his ACL. But he didn't even uh, start today, which was interesting. Yeah, did he even get in? Did he, he play? Did. He, he played 15 minutes. Okay. And I was actually um, really glad to see that he didn't start because watching De Bruyne the last two weeks in the Premiership, he clearly looked really fatigued. I mean, he's not helped yeah. by the fact that all those other creative midfielders are injured at the moment. Right. But he, he really needed a rest. He was asking – they were asking him to hold, uh, shoulder a pretty massive burden on that team, especially with, with Silva still out. Yeah. And, I mean – so many people were burned by the captaincy over the weekend. Everyone was expecting City to just lay waste to Norwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when 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 De Bruyne got that De Bruyne got that early uh, yellow card, were you just thinking it just, it just wasn't going to be your day? Like there's there was something about the way he got that yellow card. It was just like tired, you know. Like yeah, there were. Like I, I, we'll we'll certainly get to it as we talk more about the events of the weekend. But there were a lot of red flags uh, mm-hmm. raised for me, at least. I know for a number of other people too. Um, but do you? So, how closely do you pay attention to these Champions League games midweek um, with your I mean, FPL team in mind? Well, I, I certainly pay attention uh, with my FPL team in mind. I mean, a, a little bit, I guess. I mean, I'm such a addict that I, I pay attention to all the games. I mean, I was even paying attention to the uh, the Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, Juventus game today. Sure, hey, how uh, did I'm not that one turn watching out? these games. Uh, there was a, it was a draw, okay. um, but Fabian Johnson scored the U.S. Men's National Team oh, player. Fabian, awesome, love to hear that. <laughs> um, so, as far as players I had playing today, I had Joe Hart and goal. De Bruyne on the bench. Um, I have nobody for Manchester United right now. Yeah. 
Um, but God, they were only able to eke out a one nil win against CSK, CSK Moscow. Yeah, I, I read the uh, the game uh, the game recap in the Guardian. They were. It sounds like there was almost an open revolt in the stadium. I mean, they're just they're so frustrated with uh, with the tactics. I mean, you know, I, I get last year, you know, the idea of you know really like you know just scraping out one nothing draws, and that's something that. Um, maybe they had to do in order to get back into the Champions League, but I mean, at this point, they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars or you know pounds to uh, to refurbish that team, and you know, yeah. like Ander Herrera can't can't consistently make the lineup, which is which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, Juan Mata, another extremely creative player, is often getting pulled at halftime. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a you know, I mean, from a fantasy point of view, it makes them a very um, obvious candidate for bringing in some defenders but um yeah the attackers it's just kind of a mess right now i'm not sure if i know exactly what this term means but i think i'm using it correctly to refer to the united team as basic (laughs) does that sound right uh sort of yeah like basic like 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 dad like like boring dad style is that kind of yeah i think that's what it means (laughs) (laughs) well uh, the the biggest problem is wayne rooney yeah i mean there's just no score today uh, though yeah, who did who did score today? Uh, it was actually kind of a cool goal. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a cross cross field pass from Carrick to um, uh, what's the guy who's been playing more and more? I can't, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, he's uh, he comes in as a sub. Uh, oh, Lingard. Yeah, Lin, Lin, yeah, Lingard. It basically a cross field pass, and then he uh, Wayne Rooney scored a headed goal yeah. uh, from Lingard, and uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, but honestly, I feel like he scored a few goals in the Champions League already this year, and uh, you know, we also saw um, uh, the other guy in Man United. Um, man, I'm really like my my. Oh, I don't Mem- my words. Yeah, Mem- Memphis. Memphis. Pie, he uh, had a, he had a great week, and then that was the week that I brought him back into my team. After I think he's getting him in the wild card. Yeah, I think Memphis has three goals actually in the Champions League this season. Uh, so I'm not sure this Champions League is the most. It, it, it feels like a different universe than than the actual Premier League sometimes. Yeah, very much like Arsenal going out in the in the cup in in such style. Mm-hmm. The I guess the counter example would be uh, Harry Kane last year. Obviously yeah. not the not in the Champions League and the Europa League, but that guy was scoring like two or three goals every game. Yeah, it was like this crazy. He was on this insane run, uh, and I think it was right around this time last season when they played Aston Villa that he finally came in, scored that late deflected goal, and then it was just like it was it was Harry Kane time. Well, this all this Champions League chatter is just to distract us from the kind of miserable week that I think both of us had for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. It was our benches, really. It was the benches that cost both of us. Yeah, definitely. I I ended up with fifty seven points, um, which isn't isn't miserable, but for the fact that I left Mares on the bench in favor of um, Andre Ayew. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I ended up with fifty five points, which honestly I was I felt pretty miserable about uh, for for lots of reasons. I had predicted uh, that you would finish above the average on the week, but it was the Harry Kane goal that I think pushed you uh, up uh, below the what is now the fifty six point average on the yeah, week. Yeah, I mean it's just symptomatic of how the season's going. I mean the the, the biggest issue for me was uh, was leaving Butland on the bench and starting uh, Schmeichel. Um, okay, I don't want to I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but mm-hmm. talk us through that decision. So you. You doubled up with Wes Morgan and um, and uh, Schmeichel in the back for Lester. Yeah, I, you know, not that you know. I mean, my defender options were pretty weak to begin with this week. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the part of it was just that you know, you know, two weeks ago Newcastle uh, looked fantastic at home, scored 
either five or six goals against Newcastle. Uh, Stoke looked terrible last week without Jeff Cameron. Uh, Leicester had kept a clean sheet uh, the week before. And uh, had a pizza you know, party. Yeah, and we've often seen that, that clean sheets are kind of... They come in you know, bunches? Like, yeah, they, they seem to come in bunches, you know? Like, you, you go, you get, you'll see, like, a team get, like, three out of four clean sheets, you know? Yeah. So, um, so, and it felt like a bit of a differential. I just didn't think a lot of people would be camping in him. Right. Uh, so, obviously, it worked out as, ba- like, basically as poorly as it possibly could. Yeah. Uh, 11 you know, it was a, points. It was a 10 points. Yeah, and honestly, all, all it would have taken was, you know, for him not to have saved a couple of those balls, and we're yeah. talking about a complete wash. Um, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way. Um, so the lot, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it was a decision made rashly. I, yeah. I, I actually had a logic. I felt like it was the right decision. It wasn't just that I was yeah. pursuing differential. Yeah. Uh, but it just looks so bad in hindsight. I mean, I guess the AU Mares thing is kind of the same thing. Oh yeah. I don't know why I just had this suspicion and I had, I had read this quote from IU earlier in the week where he said, I'm not doing well enough. I need to improve. And mm-hmm. he's been a very consistent attacking player as much as Swansea has been consistent in attacking and Swansea against Arsenal like over the years you tend to see Swansea scoring goals against Arsenal (laughs) yeah that's true uh last year there was the John Joe Shelby goal I think that didn't they win one nothing um at at um at the Emirates your memory is far better than mine yeah even though though I seem a late John Joe Shelby goal if I recall Man, all things Shelby, I do love them. <laughs> but I, and I also sort of uh, glommed on to that um, group think of Leicester is is about to peter out. This train is slowing down. And <laughs> it of is course, not though. They came out and I mean, we'll talk about well, this is going to be one of our feature fixtures when we review game week ten. But they are just this crazy Harlem Globetrotters esque team. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really no I mean, regard I, for organization or defense. It's just all it's all guts and glory. And snatching all these points. What do they have? I think they have ten points in the season um, from a from a position of being down a goal yeah. or, or more. Yeah, uh, and that's and they have twenty two points in the on <laughs> uh, the season. So you know if they if they actually had twelve points, they'd be um, near relegation right now. Yeah, uh, they'd be battling with Chelsea for the final relegation spot. Uh, but yeah, as it is, they're in third place and, um, yeah, so Mara's looked fantastic. Uh, kind of like he looked exactly like he did, you know, the first three, four weeks of the season. Um, I love that those two goals were effectively the exact same, but just opposite sides of the field. Yeah, I know it was, yeah, I don't know the most hail Mary crosses you can imagine. Uh, yeah. Against a West Brom team that had been like impossible to to you know to breach uh, the defense so yeah very strange oh, this was uh, and then another another vardy goal which i couldn't believe uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you tried this... to avoid that bandwagon i know i'm start, starting to feel like luis suarez and yaya torre a couple years ago yeah where i stubbornly i think i brought in suarez fairly early but yaya torre i I didn't bring in the whole season. I mean, maybe I brought him in like like a week to go or something. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't want to have Torre. And then like you get you know ten weeks in the season, you're like, well, I, now I can't have him because you know there's no differential. And I, need to, I need to make up ground. And you're like, well, surely Yaya Torre is not going to score twenty goals in a season. And then Yaya Torre scores twenty goals in a season. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Jamie Vardy like is a favorite for the Golden Boot. It's crazy. I mean, he's certainly in the lead right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, these these weeks yeah, are tough, wild. particularly when it comes down to one bench player that separates you from having the average week versus a good yeah. week. And now I'm seeing a lot of red arrows. You know, I've got I actually have one green arrow. Uh, thank yeah. you, SoccerCaptains.com. Um, but 
I think it's all I think it's all red for me. Uh, I couldn't even look, to be honest. I, I needed a little I need a so I, I mentioned this to you, I think uh, I don't know if I said it in person or over uh G chat. Uh, but I reached that point. I reached a point you never want to get to uh, in your fantasy season, which is when you're actually openly complaining to your wife about your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. We were we were going for a walk uh, on Saturday afternoon after the games were over, and I couldn't stop. It was like it was like I just I just had to get it out. I had to. Now, I had does to she, to does she just smile and nod? She was very sympathetic, like so, like weirdly sympathetic. She's like, you gotta. She, I, I think part of it, I was you know. I was like, well, I got you know, it's just like weekend and we got I'm having these these terrible weeks, and then I have to go on this podcast and talk about it every week, and it's like <laughs> I've got to wallow in it. And she's like, no, you got to use it. It's the narrative. It's like the the you know the comeback from 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 yeah. You're that. you're like the Tony Soprano of the <laughs> FPL, and you come here, you you unload all this stuff in a therapy <laughs> session. That's true. That's true. I go look at the ducks and the lake or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, that's your bird watching. Yeah, my wife yeah. Uh, my wife wouldn't tolerate her for a second. If I went into a tirade, she would just tell me to. <laughs> shut up and there's a lovely a lovely woman uh, you can't wow. no one cares about your fantasy team this is always rule one uh the last you thing know, i'll say though is it's hard for me to complain about game week 10 though when that when you have a week where you get a goal from uh, all three of your strikers yeah it could have been worse i mean part of it is just the standard that we're playing you know like the like the standard in the hail cheaters league for example is really high yes uh and you know you know that if you have a week around average you know anywhere between like this week, anywhere between fifty and sixty, even even a few points above average is 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 very average in the in the um is below average, I should say, in yeah. the uh, Hail Cheaters League. So you know, I knew I was going to drop in that league. Um, and actually, it's a it's sort of a question slash comment that someone asked on Twitter that I'll just throw in here real quick. Uh, and they were asking, um, who who asked the question? By the way, yeah, yeah. Let me scroll down here. Sorry, Bree. Brendan, uh, I think it's Brendan O'Flaherty, uh, O'Flaherty B on Twitter, uh, says his burning question is, why am I dropping like a proverbial stone week on week in the Hail Cheaters League? Okay, <laughs> two reasons. One, it is a very competitive league uh, because the kind of person who's listening to a fantasy Premier League podcast is probably taking the game fairly seriously. Uh, and I think the, the the main reason, though, the obvious one is just that um, – because we started the league a little like with the the season had actually started when we started the Hail Cheaters League, mm-hmm. so we're adding fifteen to twenty people at least every week. It seems like yeah, um, right. So it's the last that... international break. I think we added fifty people. Uh, so you know it, it's starting to stabilize. I think we only have one new person coming in this week. So right. I think that we won't see quite as much movement. You know, or at least. It'll be more up and down movement as opposed to just down every single week. So what we're telling uh, you, Brendan, is it, well. it's nothing you're doing wrong. It's just that you're a, you're a part of a growing community. Uh, uh. <laughs> a growing community of people who are <laughs> dropping like a stone every week. This is what they also tell people uh, who check into old folks' homes as well, I think. <laughs> I actually I, – I don't even know if I dropped in the Hail Cheaters League. I think I finally – I'm so low. <laughs> You're on the last page, I can yeah, tell you that. Yeah, I'm the last page right now. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Hail Cheaters, do you want to give us the rundown real quick of uh, where we are in the standings? Who's yeah, up, let's, who's up let, top? let's do it. All right, so the Hail Cheaters Mini League, uh, we've got uh, a fairly similar – let's see here. We've got a, a fairly similar five uh, – well, the, the top two have remained unchanged. That's uh, IX Trees Down, Colin, Colin Bothwell, mm-hmm. uh, and Isle of Nabumbu. Uh, they are in uh, first and second still. They had uh, – very respectable scores in the mid-60s, 65 and 68. Uh, and then uh, Mark Johnson's Stone Cold Stunners up to third. Way to be, Mark. Mark's been up there before, you know, so he's not 
he, I, he's not too impressed with himself, I'm sure. Well, shout out to Mark. I always see him on the uh, Transfer Hub message board on Facebook, and he's always mm-hmm. got some intelligent things to say. Totally. I, Colin's the same way. Yeah. Yes, I- indeed. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. We've got uh, Take a Load Off Mane, which is a pretty good team name. Loving it, yeah. Uh, and that's uh, Sean Comiskey. Uh, he, is, he has 71 points, and he's up to fourth. And then uh, a team uh, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Kaiser Berslotten. Yeah, I mean, uh, you didn't take German in high school, did you? I did not. Should I know that word? I didn't that... take German either, but um, <laughs> you've been I've, to... watched, I've watched Inglorious <laughs> Bastards enough times to sort of uh, fake Kaiser Berslotten. Okay, all right. Uh, that's uh, uh, Leith uh, Kassab, uh, and uh, Leith is into uh, fifth place with 75 points. Well Very respectable. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't get anywhere close to our – we actually caught some flack last week for not calling out who got the high score yep. uh, on the week. So this week, uh, the, that uh, honor goes to Ua Cantona, yep, Mr. Tom, Tom White, Tom White. With, with 91 um, points. Yeah, 91 points. That is that is fantastic. Now, do you know how Tom actually got to 91 points? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Did he play his uh He played his bench, bench boost. boost. And guess who he had on his bench, Josh? Uh, he had Mara's on his Jack, bench. Oh, Jack, Jack Butland. Butland. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're actually going to get to another bench boost later because uh, the we're, we're doing a Rate My Team later. We're doing Bobby Gasol's team, uh, Clap Republic, and he also played his bench boost. See, you're 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 sitting on your bench boost over there, waiting for a double game week. And, <laughs> I, know. Uh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to wait too long, and then the double game week's going to come, and I'm going to get two blanks. Well, I mean, speaking you know? of what I wouldn't have give, given for my all out attack chip in game week ten, and then I wouldn't had wouldn't have had to have struggled with do I bench Ayu or do I bench Mares? I mean, I've got to yeah. get rid of one of these two guys because every week, um, I guess I just, now yeah, I, I have to nail on Mares. I can't use my all out attack until I get rid of Ashley Westwood. Uh, because that guy is a guarantee, like, you know, I'm not getting any more than two points from him. Uh, so what's the point, you know, I mean, one or two points, you know, versus what could be a very valuable chip down the road. It's just, it's just not worth it. Westwood going off, um, in that, uh, Spurs game was Westwood basically saying to all these FPL managers enough already, get me out of your team. It's not worth it. Yeah. And uh, another Twitter question, Tom Butcher actually asked what our thoughts were on, uh, on Deli Ali and, uh, how his stats are racking up. And, I bring this up because I think Ali is possibly the best candidate to replace Ashley Westwood. Uh, if you're looking for a Westwood replacement as some always owned by everybody. Like I think yeah. it's because we all played, we all played our, uh, many of us wild card kind of early this year yeah. and Westwood seemed like a good option. He was a 4.5 guy getting 90 yeah. minutes. You, down, you... down to 4.4, but uh, a lot of people still have some money on their bench. So Deli Ali uh, is at 4.9 million. Yeah. Uh, has been playing 90 minutes the last the last six weeks. He's played. I guess he was taken off in the 88th in, the, in game week 11, but he's played almost every minute. Um, and even then, he was sort of slowly building his minutes up as the, as the season went on. So consistent starter uh, already has uh, two goals and two assists on the season, uh, and one goal and two assists in the last uh, four games. And for a fifth mid, you know, and th- those are. I mean, those are like. Perfectly respectable returns for a fifth midfielder. You know, if you can occasionally get a goal, occasionally get an assist, uh, you know, he picked up three, but he's already in four bonus points in the season, picked up three um, uh, at home to Aston Villa. So I think that would be a, uh, I think he's a fantastic option. Uh, oh, and I, and I could say as an owner of Nabil Bentaleb last season, mm-hmm. um, Deli Ali is a marked improvement over <laughs> Bentaleb, who, yeah. 
uh, he's Bentaleb started to make more and more appearances for me later in the season, particularly when Spurs had a double game week. And um, did it ever work out? No, he just came excruciatingly <laughs> close to getting assists or goals, but yeah, ultimately would the, just give the ball away. He had that thing. Uh, oh, there's some. Who was the guy who? Um, I think he's also on Spurs. Uh, loves to. Uh, oh yeah, Andros Townsend. Uh, he's got that Andros Townsend quality where he's like he he has a hard time not finding a shot he doesn't like. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a double negative, but you know every, every time he gets the ball anywhere in the pitch, he's he's looking for the goal. And uh, I feel like you get a lot of Bentaleb shots that are like thirty, forty feet above the crossbar. Okay, so do we have any other good questions from the community out there? Uh, by the way, if you still want to join the mini league, it's never too late. Uh, if you go to our Twitter at Hail Cheaters, the league code is up there, and that's where we're getting a lot of these uh, questions from the community from. Yep. Uh, all right. So, um, okay. Well, you want to go through a few questions here, yeah. Brad? Yeah. Let's right. do it. All right. I'm going to start from the. Bottom we basically here. sent out this uh, tweet uh, an hour before we recorded the podcast. So sorry <laughs> if we missed some of your uh, burning questions. Yeah. Uh, okay, FBL Jr. asks, uh, apart from Smalling and David De Gea, who is the best United defender? It's an interesting question. and it, it, it is an, It's not interesting. It's an, an impossible question. It's a tough question to answer because I, I, after talking Phil Jones up in the last podcast, uh, he didn't even start this weekend. Yeah, guess, uh, guess what? Phil Jones got injured. <laughs> is he injured? There's no, there's no mark or anything. He just didn't start, so... Um, I thought that was a pretty safe pick because he does, you know, last year certainly he played uh, whenever he was healthy um, and uh, had played, you know, two weeks in a row, um, picked up three bonus points last weekend, which doesn't necessarily mean anything from a gameplay point of view. We all know that reality and fantasy don't always mix together, um, but certainly it seems like he wasn't making a lot of mistakes, right? Right. Yeah, no. Um, I think he looked pretty solid. I think uh, Marcus Rojo, I guess, would be the um, if you if you didn't want um, if you if you could afford Smalling, Rojo would be the player to bring in because you know, he's pretty much stepped into that Luke Shaw spot. Yeah, uh, I agree. And Rojo does offer a lot going forward. He's generally yes. very active in the attack. Um, Picked up three bonus points uh, uh, way to Crystal Palace. Rojo also seems less concerned about getting a cross in. I think he enjoys more cutting inside and you know delivering some more successful balls to feet. Um, that, that's my, that's my armchair assessment of Rojo's attacking play. Like that balls to feet. Balls to feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He picked up three bonus points. It's a new points CrossFit and, exercise. And even, even saying the yellow card picked up the bonus points. And I, I feel like there's something about the way the bonus points are calculated. If you get one yellow card, it's like somehow you lose way more points than you should. Yeah. It's like, if a, you know, often like if a defender gets a yellow card, it's like they drop. So like if you're, if you're tracking on a new PLA, the bonus point system, they're like 10 points behind everybody else. Oh, and thanks for bringing up a new PLA. We actually um, recommended this site for live bonus point calculating last week. And I think uh, somebody contacted us through the website and uh, wasn't able to find the URL. What, the trick is you have to go to a new net slash FPL, and that's how you find it. Right. And that'll, and then that'll get you there, and then uh, yeah. you can see everything from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that well, is there, there's for me just to get back to the United question. There's just too much <laughs> uncertainty and too much rotation happening in that United defense. Yeah. Um, outside of outside of Chris Smalling, who I think is uh, has he missed a game? No, he has, he hasn't missed a game yet this season. Yeah, he's just so expensive. I I would love to get De Gea in my team. Of course, I love an expensive goalkeeper having Joe Hart right now. <laughs> but of all the people. 
Smalling is a good pick, but of all those defenders, uh, De Gea seems like the best bet. Yeah, it's very tempting. You know, four clean sheets and five. Uh, and we've, we talked a lot on the last podcast, so we won't go too into, into it too much this week. But uh, with the fixtures coming up from Man United, it's very tempting to bring in uh, one defender. And it's a team you actually uh, – So okay, I'll, just to go to another question quickly yeah. as it ties in with this. Um, Tucker, uh, Tuck underscore nine, asks um, uh, defensive strategies, um, you know, rotation versus doubling up and – uh, the I, I the the way I sort of think about this question is yeah you, most people because most people do rotate so is there something to be said for doubling up uh, how often do you double up are you are you a double up you know fantasy you player in general that, that sounds like a very sexy question are you a double up kind of guy <laughs> you you double up man Brandon I mean last season you saw so many people shoot up the tables with doubling up on Southampton and that was and, you know, that was me I I doubled up the in the first. I, I think I grabbed two Southampton defenders in game week three or four, whenever their like insane run started, yeah. and just held them for the first fifteen weeks or so. I got to tell you, I'm totally out to lunch when it comes to defense this season. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I mean, I think we're all prone to rotation because defense generally comes last in the budget, and then you end up with a bunch of four point five and five point oh guys from mid to lower mid table teams. Yeah. And you're just chasing the fixtures at that point. And the clean sheets have been so difficult to predict. Okay, here is my, like, split the baby, like, analysis of this. It's a lot easier to double up when the double up doesn't require you to, like, in most seasons, we have not seen it yet this season. Perhaps we won't see it at all this season. There is at least one team that has two defenders, like, that. that that's that's, you know, a... Uh, relegation level team or a team that's in the bottom half of the table uh, that has fairly inexpensive defenders that you can then bring in and double up on. So, you know, the last maybe 10 weeks of last season, we saw that with Leicester where that was their strategy. It was just, you know, tighten it up, you know, like 11 men all fighting together. And then they'd like nick a goal usually from, from Mares late in the game or uh, Jamie Vardy. Not so different from this year. Really, we shouldn't have been as surprised by Mares and Vardy as, as we were this year, right? I mean, look, looking back on how they how they avoided relegation last year, it's true. Uh, yeah, they they're sort of start. They started like they finished. Yeah. So if if you um, but speaking of Leicester, doubling up is is costing you right now because you having Schmeichel and Wes Morgan in the back and Mares in the midfield, you're not able to get Vardy in. Yeah, I think this, this season is a season, at least for me, where I have relied too much on my experience in the league and i need to um i don't know i don't mean my my wealth of experience as much as just my my knowledge of of how players have performed historically has been informed my decision making and so i've held on to people far longer than i should because typically a player will revert to form at at, at some point and uh, we haven't really seen that this season the players who have been bad have stayed bad and the players who are who have started the season strongly have continued to play well. Um, and so you really just want to grab all the players who are playing well right now because it doesn't seem to end, right? Like yeah. Jimmy Vardy is apparently is going to score every week this season. And yeah. that's just, we just all have to accept this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's slightly facetious, but you know, it is like, it does seem like it's, um, well, anyway, just to get back to the defensive question, um, the, you know, the problem is you don't necessarily want to double up on Man City or Man United defenders in a, in a typical season because 
you want to have two of their attacking players. Right, yeah. You know, uh-huh. so you want to have, you, you want to have um, Aguero and you want to have Silva and maybe you want to have a defender. I mean, it's, you know, for the top teams, it's not uncommon to have three players from that team. Yeah. Uh, sometimes even two midfielders and an attacker if they're, if they're that good. You know, you, um, you're just really crystallizing some logic here for me that I've, I've never really thought of. Like, of course you're never going to have two defenders from a quality team because you're doubling up on attacking players there. Yeah, exactly. And so if it's a, if it's a team that... You know, you, you you know, especially for fourth or fifth uh, defenders. You're brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so if 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 you can find a a team that has cheap defenders, um, and they're keeping a lot of clean sheets, and that's their strategy for avoiding relegation. So we could still see it this season, right? Because Leicester in 2014-2015 uh, was not known for being very defensively strong in the first 20 weeks, right, yeah. or 30 weeks even. Uh, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh my god, the only way to stay up is to um, you know, is to do this. Um, although I, I really can't imagine uh, their manager ever uh, using the words, oh, my God, the way I just said them. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, the West Brom is a good shout there, too. You get you could have a pairing like Boaz Myhill and Craig Dawson. Yeah, West Brom was the team I was thinking of as the team that is maybe getting closest to this. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace also might be a team to look at. Yeah. Uh, you know, if only because there's so much speed on... There, Crystal Palace is never really going to be in a position where they're hanging back for 60 minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're spending most of the time on the back foot because their wingers are so fast that there's always a threat of a counter. You know, yeah. um, you know, you can put uh, Zaha on, and uh, and uh, he's just going to create trouble for the for the for the wingers and the other, or, you know, for the for the fullbacks and their team the whole game. Uh, so I think they could be interesting too. Um, it was kind of unfortunate. I think Papa Suarez is. Um, is nursing some sort of injury right now because a Suarez, he's four, you know, he's four point five million. Although Joel Ward is also four point four million, and think, he's back, he's back in action, and he, he's yeah. he's got a bonus point right off the bat. So I guess that you money. could, so you could argue. And Hennessy started the last five games. It looks like he's pretty consistent. So if you still had a wild card and you were going to double up on a defensive on a team defensively, yeah. I think a Joel Ward Wayne Hennessy double up would actually make sense. I mean, Hennessy is three point nine million. Joel Ward is four point four. I so, think Hennessy uh, has got really, to be going up uh, one of these nights. Yeah, one of these nights. Like the it'll, oh, yeah, one of these nights it'll be a Wayne night. <laughs> Star uh, Seinfeld. But, but their fixtures coming up are, I mean, they're, they're, they're not bad. Uh, you've got uh, Sunderland. So they're away to Liverpool, but then it's home to Sunderland, home to Newcastle, uh, way to Everton, then home to Southampton. Then they play Stoke, Bournemouth, Swansea at home. You know, very winnable fixtures. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Wayne Hennessy, I talked up last week, like I, I guaranteed everybody that I was going to bring in Virgil van Dyke in my defense for Southampton. Um, yeah, you didn't. I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a clean sheet out of it. How can I you did. complain? I did. So that, so I decided to bring in Wayne Hennessy instead so I could get Lukaku up front. And I feel like that, even though I really wished I had VVD in the back there, I'm, I think I benefited from bringing, bringing Lukaku in. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, having you know having that extra money will be useful, and having a three point nine million defense goalkeeper who you're not going to start that often is is uh, yeah. It's know, not like I'm. It's fine. not like I'm ever going to have to. I probably won't ever play Hennessy. So if he falls out of the rotation, that's yeah. not the worst thing. I, I always have Joe Hart. Yeah, because when you got Joe Hart, it'd be very rare that you don't. Uh, yeah, he had a real howler. In, uh, I know that was that just game. such garbage, total garbage. <laughs> and then the I mean, well, the. Col- <laughs> The Kolarov thing was a real moment of highs and lows for me, uh, because I, I don't I don't have Kolarov, but I have Wilford Boney, 
And a bony apparently is like 18th on the pecking order of, of, uh, of, um, uh, penalty takers. Oh, I, I don't understand that either. Cause I remember him being a fantastic penalty taker when he was at uh, Swansea. Yeah. He's uh, got, he's got a deft touch on the ball. Shelby-esque. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 90, it's like three minutes past extra time. It's like the 99th minute. And for yeah. some reason the game is still going on. Uh, and there's a really late penalty on Raheem Sterling. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, could Wilfred Boney actually step up and, and take this goal and, like, totally change my to- change yeah. the week around? Yeah. And then I see Kolarov come in. and you know, <laughs> It's guaranteed if a player insists <laughs> on taking the penalty. It's true. He will miss. I mean, <laughs> but when he steps up, I'm thinking Kevin this, Morales. Is, this, can't be, this can't be happening uh, because, you know, I dropped Kolarov rashly a couple weeks before. Uh-huh. And it was like, am I really going to get this punished? <laughs> you know, and this, like, late six-pointer, he's probably going to get bonus points, too. Um, and then, uh, and then he just a terrible, terrible penalty from Kolarov. I was, was, uh, it, was, it was, awful. it softened the blow a little bit. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more questions we want to get to? Okay. So two more, uh, first one is, um, respective strategy and sorry, Tucker, we will answer Tucker actually asked us a few other questions, but we'll try to get to them on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, El Magico asks, uh, our, our respective strategies for getting Aguero back after the international break. Now, don't we feel like, uh, El Magico is jumping the gun a little bit here? I mean, there's, well, I, not, there's not been much concrete news about Aguero's return as yet. Yeah, I, you know, I was just I was checking the uh, the Google Newses uh, a few minutes ago. You have a Google and, alert on Aguero? <laughs> no, that 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 is a level I haven't gone to yet. Is setting up Google alerts for fantasy players? I, I'm a little. That seems like I might have to like really reevaluate things if I start doing that. Don't go there. No, no offense, to anybody who's doing that, but you know, <laughs> sure. it's, it's a bridge too far. You're all welcome. Um, but I think uh, it looks like he is – they're expecting him out for another month still. Yeah. Uh, and it was a month as of maybe two days ago. So – or as of like Sunday or Monday at least. Uh, so a month is uh, this weekend's fixtures. Uh, another week for the international break. He's not traveling with Argentina. Uh, probably two more fixtures uh, after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we probably won't see him until I'm thinking early December. Yeah, so, my my guess is I'm not really going to be too bothered about this until you're strategizing for the the Christmas break. Well, and even one, you know, once he comes back, I know they're going to be careful with him. Yeah. So we may not see him play a full ninety. Yeah. Or something close to it until like mid December. Yeah. You know, and it's not like he won't be ready to go the second that starts up. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely you know I think it's definitely a little um, I'd be a little worried before then. Well, here's, here's my first strategy. My first strategy is to hope that Mesut Ozil rises in price by 10, uh, by like 100 million pounds. Yeah. And then that'll give me enough money. <laughs> it, would make, it would make things easier. <laughs> uh, or if that doesn't work out, um, I really have no idea because I'm pretty happy with my team going forward right now. It, it would be like a Sophie's choice to figure out who I would drop. Yeah, um, and, and looking at... Because I would have to so drop say somebody misses, to Westwood territory. Let's say he misses all of the November fixtures. You know, December 5th, uh, let's say that was the weekend he came back. Uh, that's a way to stoke. Not a game you'd absolutely have to have him for. Um, you know, a December you know, December night in Stoke. You know, that's not a... That's not a um, saying. <laughs> you know, it should, should be, though. Uh, a, wet, a wet December night in Stoke should be the full expression. We'll allow it. Uh, and then uh, home to Swansea. Okay, maybe you want to, you know, you would want him for that. Uh, 
and then away to Arsenal in game week 17. Uh, you know, even if he's back, there's a chance he wouldn't score in that game. So it looks like the weekend you'd really want to bring Agu- the day you would really want to bring Aguero back for would be Boxing Day, December 26th. Uh, he is at home to Sunderland. Week after that, they are away to Leicester. A week after that, they're or actually no, it's box, it's the Christmas fixture. So there's like three games in seven days. Yeah. Uh, but you'd really want him for that Boxing Day fixture. Um, so I actually think you don't have to worry about this for a good. I mean, obviously, there, he could end up becoming a differential. You know, if he comes mm-hmm. back early on and people aren't aren't prepared to make those moves. Um, but you know, the most you can ever save is two transfers, right? So, yeah. you know. Um, I am thinking about saving a transfer this coming week and getting two transfers going into the international break. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, st- I have too much surgery to do elsewhere. I, I actually, I, I'm pretty sure I know what my move is going to be. Um, I'm planning to bring in Sadio Mane. Okay. Uh, but I'm just going to give it a couple days to make sure. I, I'm one of those people. I, I really have a hard time making a transfer before game week five, especially with Champions League fixtures on. It's just too risky. Oh, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Okay. I think okay. we have one more one more question from. Uh, do we want to answer the soccer captain's question? Yes. Uh, okay. So um, the question is: uh, This comes from at uh, Soccer Captains um, website that actually just did a rate my team uh, featuring uh, featuring your team. Yeah. So you've yeah. been rated. <laughs> so we've uh, we've uh, met with Tim Shaw, who actually runs this website at Soccer Captains, and they have great. Um, data over there on your FPL squad, and they've just launched a YouTube channel, and apparently I can go there and see how soccer captains rated my team. So I'm very, I'm excited to see this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. his his question is, uh, which position do you feel it is best to utilize uh, differential players um, at this point in the season? So uh, the question is, which position? I guess uh, defensively, midfield, forward. Um, so we've talked about this in earlier episodes of the podcast. My feeling on differentials that it's okay. Well, it's not that it's too early to use differentials because you don't want a, a team full of differentials necessarily. I mean, yeah. we still have twenty-seven weeks to go. We're, we're I mean, we're not even at the third the third way mark of the season yet. Yeah. Um. So you can't. You don't want to fall into the the trap of having like not having all like most. You still want most of the top players. You right. know, or most of the players who are who are, who are seem to be the top players this season so far. Um, you know, I think at this point in the season, um, you can, you know, pretty much determine, okay, X, you know, so-and-so isn't a fluke, right? We said this with a Gallo mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. I mean, at this point, a Gallo has been... Or Or Payet, right. Uh, but a Gallo, even, even more so, because he's so cheap that you, you don't necessarily... It's scary to bring in someone like that, because mm-hmm. um, you're like, oh, well, if I spend that money, it's going to be hard to get him out. But a Gallo has been involved in, I think, almost every single goal that Watford scored. It's, he has ridiculous. been involved in the... Either with a goal or an assist or a key pass or something like that. So, I mean, a goal is for real, right? After eleven weeks of the season, you just have to accept that it's real. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Watford, but is Troy Deeney basically just reading the newspaper by the corner flag? Like, what is he yeah, doing? He's just he's playing behind a Gallo. I mean, he has a lot of assists or assist to assist. I mean, uh-huh. he's he's very involved in the play. I actually watched a lot of Watford when I when I had Deeney on my team. Uh-huh. Um, he's a, he's a, he's actually an easy player to like. I actually like watching that Watford team play. I think they're kind of kind of interesting, and they have lots of. Um, it, it doesn't, despite a Gallo scoring all these goals, it doesn't feel like a one man team. It feels right. like they're really working well together. Yeah. Uh, so um, I would say, well, if you if you actually feel like you want to bring in a differential, for me, it's got to be in the midfield because that's where all of the points get scored. That's yeah, where a real differential is going to have an impact. You're getting five points per goal, plus you have access to clean sheet points. 
I th- yeah, I think another idea. And there's and there's the biggest template typically happening in the midfield. You've got Payet, De Bruyne, Mares, and Sanchez, and that's a template that if you can crack that with a differential, it's huge. I think uh, another an, a long term idea too would be to really invest in uh, a strong defense um, because we know, you know Southampton. Uh, Everton, Man United, uh, all of those teams have great fixtures coming up over the next, you know, at least five or six weeks, even longer for Man United and Everton. And you could really have a strong defense right now and pretty consistent. Well, I, I, actually, the Everton thing, well, I guess we'll get to that later. I, I'm not sure how, how I feel about Everton at this point. They're a little, um, it's a little nerve wracking, I think, to. Yeah, their uh, defense doesn't want to super invest solid. too heavily in their defense. This is, um, just to get back to El Magico's question, the investment in the defense is the one thing that scares me about how I might get Aguero back into my team. If I become too heavily invested in the back. Um, I think at the at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it's not going to take more than three moves to bring Aguero in, and it might only take two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, how I'm many not moves would it take you to get thing. Kevin Bacon into your FPL team? That's the question. <laughs> it's six degrees of Sergio Aguero. <laughs> Um, so I think um, I, I think having some strong defenders at least for the next few weeks would be a differential. Uh, yeah, but I think I think long term it's. I mean, the, you know, there's no there's no way to do it other than maybe captaining the right people. Yeah. Um, you know, or being a little more creative with your captaining. I think that's a great way to to make up points quickly. But if you're looking for more of a um, what's the word like a steady beat, you know, like a whatever. Um, what is that called? Like the steady B, like the, a metronome. Yeah, if you want more of a metronomic uh, uh, uptick in points, uh, I think uh, investing more heavily in your defense is a good way to do it because uh, you know it's a way to pick up an extra four points on people kind of week in, week out. You know, it's uh, it's never going to be as explosive, or rarely is it going to be. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's an area that a lot of people neglect, as we have already discussed in this podcast. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks to all the cheaters out there for their questions. You can find us at at Hail Cheaters on Twitter, and uh, you can still join that mini league. The uh, code is right up there uh, on the Twitter page or at alwayscheating.com. All right, now it is time, Josh, for us to review the highlighted fixtures of Game Week 11. There was uh, some excitement, particularly in the very first fixture, fixture of Saturday morning, uh, Chelsea hosting Liverpool. Yeah, that was uh, that was a very interesting game. <laughs> yeah, I had Nathaniel Klein. You started Martin Skirtle too. Yeah, both, had, of, both had, of us had terrible defenses this week. Yeah, there was no inclination that a clean sheet was coming, and I really didn't care. I was just super excited to see how to give this game a true watch. Yeah, <laughs> what's what? What did we call it last week? A pure watch. A pure watch. A pure yeah. watch. Uh, so yeah, this I is think... this is this week's always cheating approved pure watch. So I think the okay. So a couple of things stood out for me in this game. Uh, one is that it's it. I mean, I guess we've already talked about this a, a fair amount on the podcast, but it really it, it's just not happening for Chelsea right now. Uh, there's no there's no differentials to be gained there. Uh, there's no uh, consistent scoring from any of the offensive players. Uh, Jose Mourinho is apparently not going to get fired, so there's not going to be like that or at least not yet. Uh, so there's no new manager uptick in in, in points and, and energy or whatever, you know, uh, which we might see at some point. You know it's uh, remarkable when Willian is your easiest path to points on the Chelsea team. It is it is remarkable. And, uh, yeah, Diego Costa, you know, he had – I guess in the end we shouldn't – you know, I, you know we, we can't overrate a performance against Aston Villa when you're, you're playing the worst goalkeeper in the league. 
Yeah. Uh, who's going to make two or three mistakes every game. Yep. <laughs> Almost all of which are going to lead to goals. Yeah, poor Brad Guzan. Yeah, we were having a, a Twitter discussion about this again um, during that Spurs game, and Guzan is just... Why did you say he batters the ball like a like a kitten? Well, yeah, when it's like, like kitten you with know, a ball of if string. <laughs> anyone who anyone who has a cat or has played with a cat, you know, when a cat sees movement in front of it, it doesn't it doesn't like uh, grab the object. It sort of flails at it in in a wild manner, and yeah, that's exactly how Guzan goes for the ball. <laughs> he just like spread eagles in the in the air. It's so he has no confidence right now. It's yeah. it's it's, it's a bad tough. Scene. He seems like he seems like a nice guy, and we're proud U.S. Yeah. men's national team supporters. We hate to slag him off, but it's it's been a real rough patch for him. So the one thing that stood out to me though is that I think Chris, Chris, so we've talked um, before about how Liverpool's fixtures do get better. I think starting in really in, in week game, game week fourteen, uh, but even even starting this week really, uh, Christian Mateke is a real option again. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Eight point three million, super cheap. Uh, owned by only twelve point nine percent of the league, which is a huge drop from where he was, uh, even you know five or six weeks ago. Um, I guess he's actually, I guess he's been out since game week six. And the last couple of game weeks, he's been an impact sub. So even him not getting starting minutes uh, has, has not impacted yeah. his value. He played forty five minutes last week and came with eight points. Uh, three bonus points and, and 45 minutes. Uh, played 27 uh, minutes this game week. Uh, had a goal and an assist and two bonus points. Picked up nine points. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then they're, they're yeah. So then they're at home this weekend. So if you're looking for a differential forward, uh, he'd be very uh, compelling option. I think for me, what I'm looking at is possibly bringing Benteke in in two weeks um, because. Um, Bringing out Wilford Boney at some point, uh, yeah. probably in late December. I mean, despite what I was just saying about Aguero, um, I, you know, I'm not. I'm still not completely sold on Boney as an option. Not just because he blanked over the weekend; he should have scored like three goals over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, but just it may, may make more sense to to bring in Bateke as a long term investment and a bit of a differential pickup too. Agreed. Yeah, this is the first point in the season where I'm feeling like, all right, we've we've been at this for a while now because now I'm struggling to remember when I actually had Benteke in that Bournemouth game so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, remember that that was that was a great it's a heady August, Brandon. <laughs> it was so long, so long <laughs> ago. No, I like that. I like the idea of picking up Benteke here in the next couple of weeks. Any any takeaways for you from this these these games? Well, you just have to be really you have to be really positive about what Klopp is doing at that team. I think you're you're seeing the confidence levels. You're looking at Coutinho um, getting out of his rut, um, and he is a streaky player, so you can't read too much into it. Yeah. Um, but I I really do like Liverpool's chances of getting into the top four, which makes me feel more confident in sticking with my Nathaniel Klein um, pick in the defense. I do see some clean sheets coming there once they get fully organized. I feel the same way. I mean, I I have been dying to get rid of Skirtle for weeks, yeah. and I guess now I probably have to keep him. You know, I mean that. Yeah, so were, you, were it not for that that late um, that late Southampton goal, that 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 kind of fluky Mane goal, yeah. uh, late, late Liverpool Southampton game, uh, I would have had two clean sheets in a row, and I would have had I actually would have had eighteen points. Yeah, six, six points and bonus points. Yeah, because he was on he was on for three bonus points, yeah. uh, pretty pretty far and away on for three bonus points when uh, when that goal was scored, yeah. and um, it's kind of a shame that you just lose all bonus points when the clean sheet is lost. It is a shame. Yeah, yeah. 
so well, uh, you, you, you touched upon this. That, and they only allowed one goal at home to um, at home to Chelsea, you know, or, or you know, on the road to Chelsea. So yeah. it wasn't like um, they looked pretty tight. I mean, they really, you know, once Chelsea scored that early goal, they hung back way too much. Chelsea, I don't, yeah. there was really no respect for for Liverpool's ability to come back and score in that game. And I know they were they were playing with a strikerless formation, but you know, listen until Benteke came on. Just to talk um, about their defense, his Skirtle is the right pick. He looked so good in that Chelsea. I mean, he's looked really good the last three weeks. And yeah, I, I think so too. I think he's he's very much nailed on. I I don't understand this idea that Dejan Lovren is going to take his spot. Who I said actually, that? That's ridiculous. I just he he and Sako uh, both seem like uh, Sako has been playing very well too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think um, and I guess now I mean no one owns. Any of these Liverpool uh, defenders, yeah. so I mean, unless you're a Liverpool fan, you don't know the defenders. Yeah, their their upcoming fixtures: Crystal Palace, then Man City away. That's I mean, that's a non-starter. But then Swansea at home, Newcastle away, West Brom at home. Uh, points definitely to be had there. I'm not going to be getting getting rid of Klein. Yeah, I agree. And Chelsea, it just you just got to stay away from everybody. Forget it. Forget, Forget it. Forget it. Okay, All so right. next up, we're going to talk about. Um, the crazy Lester West Brom game, which yeah. I was not watching. Oh, you um, weren't? No, I, I mean I was on clean sheet watch because of Craig Dawson, but mm. then of course I see I, I have Mares on the bench, and I see Mares scores a goal, and I'm kind of like, uh, well, maybe IU was, is going to score a goal and prove me right for starting him over Mares because one one goal you can handle. That's yeah. always my feeling. You know, one one goal on the bench is like okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. You know. And but then, then the, it was the like, like three, four minutes later. How how yeah. long before crazy, the second goal? Crazy fast. Yeah, I a lot of people did uh, bench Mares this week. I think a lot of us were thinking that that team was going to quiet down, or at least Mares was going to quiet down. I mean, that was a West Brom team that did they have? Was it two clean sheets in a row coming into this game? Yeah, I think that, and you saw this happen against uh, Everton as well with West Brom. Once they let one goal in, they just seemed to totally fall apart. Like. Arsenal level st- uh, Arsenal levels of mental collapse. Yeah, I, I was, it was very surprising. And uh, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of the uh, West Brom games the last few weeks because mm-hmm. uh, they're so boring and horrible. But uh, I, I, I did. So I, I feel like I have a very skewed picture because I saw them play against a lesser team that doesn't play a very uh, conventional style of football. Yeah, um, it did. It. You got to be a little worried about Dawson going forward, right? I mean, the fixtures over the next five weeks is uh, yeah, he's, Man United, Arsenal, West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool. If I were to pluck anybody out of my team right now, um, I have point six in the bank, and I could upgrade uh, Dawson to to something special, something really special. You could have a lot of fun with it. You could really maybe double up on that Liverpool defense. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I still I still would love to get Van Dyke into my team. There's Which, some. What about um, yeah, Van Dyke is interesting. Uh, possibly an Everton defender if you feel like they can turn it around. I mean, yeah, it'll worry some without Jack Yalka, but you know it's possible. Definitely, definitely. What um, about Rojo on uh, Man U? That'd be an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, it, I I just have this feeling I've got to do something with Dawson, and I have to do something with my defense because clean sheets have been few and far between. But to bet on a clean sheet is uh, it's gotta I be hard to get rid of Dawson though. He's yeah. been so he's been so good for you. <laughs> he has been good for me over the, over the course of two seasons, and he's always good for a couple of goals mm-hmm. in the season. He'll, I mean, I guess I still it, think of him as the other Dawson. I'm it, a I'm a Michael Dawson guy. Yeah, give me, give me Mike Dawson any day. Who he's still he's still playing for Hull City in the championship now. He is. Hull just went top again in the championship. 
Good for Hull, them. Hull and Burnley are uh, our top two teams right now. Yeah, Burnley just uh, roasted Fulham three one today as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I I I want Burnley to come back. I, I love Sean Dyche. That was just a def- who didn't like that Burnley team. Nobody jerks didn't like that <laughs> that team. Yeah, no, the the other thing for me with this Leicester West Brom game is it just made me wistful for the days that I owned Mark Albrighton. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he exhibited the the promise that he he showed in game week one. Well, and he's still he's still pretty. He's not very expensive, is he? Yeah, uh, I mean, he, yeah, he could be. He's four, he's four point nine. So I guess he, Deli Ali and Albrighton would be your two. Yeah, totally. It looked like he was kind of making his way out of the lineup. I mean, he yeah. he doesn't play a full ninety very often anymore, but uh, you know, still well, five it's, it's assists. That, it's that Renieri style of tinkering that causes us all to doubt whether it's Albrighton or Mares. Is he even going to start these guys? Yeah, that's true. But Mares still, I mean, sitting on seven goals and five assists at six point six million. Yeah, I mean, that's this this ridiculous. this week definitely just drove that point home. Do you think the Vardy thing will ever end? <laughs> I mean, eleven goals in eleven games. No, uh, it won't end. Ten bonus, eleven bonus points. Excuse me. I mean, he has. So, how many goals? I don't know if you have it pulled up here, but if you if you don't, how many goals do you think he scored in all of 2014, 2015? Okay, I don't have it pulled up, so this is a pure guess. Um, wait, this is last season. Yeah, last season, the whole season. Uh, I'll say eight goals. Five goals. Five goals. <laughs> My God. <laughs> he has more than doubled his haul. Now, he actually had 12 assists last season, which is kind of interesting. He only, he's only had one so far this year. I bet I think those part 12 of that assists he, I, all came from uh, deflect, uh, you know, missed <laughs> shots coming off the keeper or off the post, probably. Maybe. Uh, I know uh, Ujoa was starting uh, last season early on. I had Ujoa for a while. I had Ujoa during that. During his uh, two-goal Man United game, that remember that crazy like five-two game showed great promise. Well, mm-hmm. Vardy scored in that goal or in that game too. Yeah, yeah. Man, we I, we should not remember early twenty fourteen <laughs> pictures. All right, so, so, so uh, Le- Leicester. Okay, so will Vardy continue? They've got Watford, then Newcastle, United, Swansea, Chelsea. He could easily score in all these games. Yeah, he really could. I guess um, I, it, it's weird to say, but of all those games, Watford would be my biggest concern because they're so tight. Yeah, you really just have to have Vardy. I I will be bringing in Vardy at some point. I mean, I can't. Uh, I'm not this stubborn. I mean, it's. I mean, the thing is, what's crazy is it's not like. I feel like the last couple of games, the goals he he hasn't actually taken that many shots. He just keeps he keeps scoring like the one shot he has. Right, right. All just incredibly well taken. Although I guess he did just miss a miss a goal early on in this. Uh, um, I guess you weren't watching the game, but he he almost scored. I think in the first ten or fifteen minutes of that West Brom game, <laughs> and then Twitter would have just completely exploded. Oh, uh, watch reading Twitter right now. It, it's it's almost too much, especially when I'm having a bad week. Part of the problem. Oh, is I've got, got eighty points. Is that uh, is that any good? Yeah, eighty points, and uh, I still got my uh, triple captain to come. So I don't know if that's any good. Uh, I probably average, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, or so, yeah. I, I, it's like the the like the humble bragging has to stop. Where it's like, yeah, I got 115 so far with uh, nine players left and uh, probably looking at a red arrow, right? It's like, Stop <laughs> I, saw, it. I saw somebody post uh, 79 <laughs> points. Is that how, how far up the rankings does that usually put you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, it's well, like, come on. Like, wait, if, you're if, six, if Aguero scored five goals, <laughs> not very much. 
wait your six hours and then it'll be done. I will say it takes way too long for everything to get updated. I mean, every year you and I do um, do an NCAA tournament pool, right? The NCAA, yeah. tur- the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, college basketball in the States. Co- college basketball. Uh, you, you, you pick you pick your teams in six to 14 bracket. Uh, we play it. We, you know, we have a, a league that we set up in ESPN. Uh, millions of people play in this. More people play in this than, than play like than play fantasy Premier League. I think it's like like twenty million people are in this ESPN league. It's, yeah, the numbers are absolutely insane. Pre- hey, President, you can have President Obama posts his bracket online. He's easy yeah. to play, and you can have like up to twenty five teams. It's a huge thing. And again, when, when that when that tournament starts, you have sixteen games going on in one day. Right, tons of fixtures going on. Yeah, everything is updated seconds after it's over. To- the the total for your mini league, the total yeah. for all the leagues, your ranking, your overall ranking, the percentile that you're in, yeah. everything is done instantaneously. And I understand that ESPN is a is a you know is a, is a Disney company. It's a, you know it's a you know they've got they've got tons of money. Yeah. But the the Premier League is not exactly doing that bad. You know, <laughs> well, it seems like they, ever- they can invest in some server costs and actually get this shit updated before. You know, seven, like, I mean, the head-to-head, like, that takes forever, right? You, like, go to bed and you wake up the next morning. It's and the, the last thing to get updated. Yeah. Well, have you ever played NFL Fantasy online? How fast is that update? I, You know, I didn't, actually. I played NFL Fantasy back in the days when it was all done on paper. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you well, also? Actually, no, it was, I'm imagining paper, bowling paper had, as well. Paper or... hadn't been invented yet, actually, so we would do it on... Um, Papyrus. We had chalk, and we'd do it on caves. That's and uh, yeah, we would we would mark down the points on on the on the chalk, on the on the, on the cave with the, with the chalk. Okay, so the last game we want to uh, zero in. Uh, I kind of ruined that joke at the end there, but no, it's fine. Power. I think everyone's everyone's still chuckling. I'm going <laughs> to let them laugh, and while we prepare to talk about <laughs> right. our last right. focus fixture, Everton, they're mauling of Sunderland six two. Yeah, the highlight of this game for me was definitely the side foot. Lukaku goal or the Lukaku assist to Kone. Oh my God! Outside of the foot, it was oh, it was beautiful. ridiculous. It was I mean, the confidence just... with which he and Kone were working together. And I tell you what, like new favorite goal celebration, hands yeah. down is, is Kone's gyration and it's with a that crazy gleaming, celebration. beautiful smile. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, uh, yeah. He uh, just yeah. looked like he was having the time of his freaking life out there. It it really changes the game with Everton too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to have that to have that kind of scoreline going into this massive run of fixtures, uh, I I couldn't have been more pleased to have Lukaku in my lineup. It would actually be an interesting idea to to, to at least consider, given given you know, and not to be a total broken record here, but given given how good the run is for Everton over the next several weeks. I mean, I guess away to West Ham, actually even away to West Ham. Yeah, absolutely. Just worried about that game. Yeah. But given given not watertight. From thirteen from game week thirteen to game week, you know, whatever, nineteen basically, uh, you could at least consider having two you could have Kone and Lukaku in your team. I mean, after that hat trick, I would expect Kone to be to start at least the next several fixtures, right? I mean Oh yes, just given a, given how well to. he played. Yeah, and of course four point eight million. So we go back to the Deli Ali Mark Albrighton discussion. Right. How about that? Like here's a, so I, should, I guess Kone is West, a, Kone right. is a forward, so that's a little slightly different. Over the next ten weeks, if you only had money to bring in a five million defender, or, or excuse me, a five million forward, mm-hmm. um, and you you had to do it for some reason, let's say uh, you lost a bet, or I don't know, you're you're just. Uh, <laughs> You like to make things difficult for yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you could only bring in one one player who is five point five million or cheaper, who would you bring in? A Gallo, 
Kone or um, a Jose Perez. Well, or I'm, if you want, or any other option, any other sub five point five. I mean, I'm, I assume you're joking about Iosi Perez. Uh, ha ha, funny, funny. Um, I you'd have to go Kone, right? Because Igalo is now hugely owned. He's a, a little template. He's not hugely owned, actually. No, it's his ownership. His ownership is fifteen percent, oh. and that's after seven goals and two assists. That's outrageous. It is. Um, and their next their next fixture is away to Leicester. And then they, they play away to Aston Villa, home to Norwich, away to Sunderland. Now, Kone is owned by 5.6%. I don't know. So the question of differential becomes less compelling. There's, there's, there it's is a, a tough there's one. There's a slight concern about risk, despite what I just said. I mean, there, there, you know, you could, it's possible that Kone even – I mean, certainly I would expect him to start next week and probably the week after that. But yeah. long term, there's – you know, I mean, he hasn't – him playing 90 minutes in game week 11 was the first time all year he'd played 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, he played two minutes the week before, uh, 45 minutes and a half uh, against Man United, 12 minutes against Liverpool. Now, it could be that they're bringing him on against lesser opposition and, you, you know, like you, you play him when you're um, when you want to be a little more uh, free-flowing in your offense yeah. and uh, when you want to be a little more defensive or, or something. I, to be honest, I'm not – I guess I don't know enough about Everton to know what they bring – uh, what 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 Naismith brings versus Kone from like a a more kind of all around point of view? Like I don't know if um, if Naismith tracks back better or something yeah. like you know I don't know. But um, well, as evidenced by this weekend, I think the thing that Martinez is going to focus in on is the chemistry that was shown between Lukaku and Kone. And if he wants to score goals, yeah, I think he can ride that for at least a couple of games. Yeah, I, I think so too. So if you're looking for a, a, a true punt. I think the Everton forward double out would be an interesting option. Yeah. And uh, Sunderland's performance makes me very wary of bringing in I – mean, Sunderland uh, looked like hot garbage, yet they still scored two goals. So I'm totally they, not sold on this Everton defense. All year they've been able to score, though, that Sunderland yeah. team, to yeah. be fair. They, they, I don't think many people have kept clean sheets against them um, all season. But they were so soft in the middle of their defense, you have to be considering captaining Pele. Yeah, uh, next week. Uh, Stephen Fletcher would be interesting if there weren't so many other good five million options. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he scored three goals in the last four games. For me, his beard is far more compelling than his play. I like he's a handsome Scott, right? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like Stephen Fletcher. You, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he's a good. I've loved him ever since. Uh, well, he was on. Um, uh, he was on Wolverhampton, wasn't he? Way back uh, when. Yeah, back in the back in those Premier League days. Yeah, like I think it was it was maybe our first year or two in the Premier League. Those those are the first times we had that was that was anyway, yeah, but way <laughs> back when. Way back when. Uh, we could go on. The one other I wanted to uh quickly touch upon this other fixture before we move on to rate my team. But did you watch the Southampton Bournemouth game? Uh no, I, I didn't actually. I, I was on a I was on a bird walk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that you would probably resigned yourself to your fate at that point. Anyway. I did. Yeah, yeah. The last fixture of Sunday, either you were in or you were out on the game week at that point. But this was the most bizarre game I have seen this season. Southampton, it was like men against boys in the first half. Southampton looked like they were going to be on for a good, a solid eight goals. Like Bournemouth just didn't know what was going on. And, yeah. And then I, I, in the second half, it was all Bournemouth. I, I saw that, and you know, part of it was you know because so many people have Pele. Pele didn't really feel like 
you know, like the like a lot of people had Paley, a lot of people had him captain, so it, it was kind of painful to what like I, you know I wasn't really rooting for him to do very much. Yeah. Um, and I had Van Dyke in the game, but sometimes when you have a defender in a game, it's 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 almost too stressful to watch. You know, like it you're just can't be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're just like, all right, like I, I just like just let me know when it's over. You know, like either I kept a clean shit or I didn't. <laughs> uh, Van Dyke is fun to watch uh, um, offensively on corner kicks. He's always mixing it up in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I think uh, long term, I'm going to be happy to have him. I had thought about Bertrand, so that stung a little bit. Uh, but in the end, I, I, I do think that long term, Van Dyke is the the Southampton defender you'd want. Yeah, uh, especially with with Jose Font, maybe maybe out with an injury, right? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he off. came off at halftime. I really don't know what the news is there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. He's just got the he's just got the 75. percent I guess he's got a bit of a hammy issue, so yeah. they might not risk him this week. You know, then give him two weeks of the international break. Um, I think that's possible. Uh, let's just jump right into the, our Rate My Team for this week. All right, let's do it. So uh, Bobby Gozal uh, goes by the name of Klopp Republic FC, and he is, uh, he is currently in one, position 182 in the Hale Cheaters League. Okay. Now, I, I actually missed our opportunity to mention this earlier, our Klopp, our Klopp pun of the week. Uh, is actually not Klopp Republic FC, but I wanted to highlight Kloptimus Prime, Sebastian <laughs> Gross, who's in 54th place. Well done to you, sir. That's not bad. All right. So, uh, sorry, Brady. I'm just going to just pull him up here. You, you, you keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll vamp. I'll vamp. <laughs> so, um, so Bobby G, uh, Klopp Republic FC, he actually had a great game week. Despite him being in 182 position, uh, he played his bench boost this week and I mean, get a load of this bench. He had Bellerin, Igalo, and Mares on his bench. Now, this wow. sort of team management might tell you exactly why he's so far down the table. Because um, I'm kind of questioning your tactics there. However, well, the, the, the thing is, if you're playing the bench, but it doesn't even it doesn't really matter what yeah. your starting eleven looks like. Yeah, no, that that's actually actually true. Maybe he didn't even have to give any thought to how his squad was looking. So, but Bobby um, doesn't care about things like aesthetics. That's no. not his way. He's got 467 points overall. His overall rank is uh, 1,990,000, uh, et cetera. Okay. And, Top um, two-thirds. Yeah. Um, in the bank, he's got 0.1 million. Team value is really strong, 103.7 million. And, I mean, just at a glance, this team is stacked. All right, so let's start with, speaking of stacked, he's got two heavy hitter goalkeepers here, Hugo Lloris and Joe Hart. Yeah, that was that was the the thing that immediately stuck out to me. Uh, I think it's too much money to have uh, for your for your goalkeepers. Especially some, I, I don't know. I mean, like the the problem is you're, it, it just puts you in a position where you have to make a tough decision every yeah, the, single. The week. rotation there doesn't seem evident to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I you know I know that you you like to have a at least one strong defender more than I do. I I, I tend to like to yeah. I usually go with a set it and forget it goalkeeper. Now, while Lorius and Hart are both two of the best goalkeepers in the league, it seems it seems like overdoing it to have both these guys in their back line. So, actually, I am going to rate this a uh, a six out of ten Pokus on wow. our po- on our Poku rate my team scale. I I'm going to say I'm going to give it a a three out of ten Pokus, and the reason it, it's not that it's not strong, but it's just that. I got to deduct some points for having money invested in your in your goalkeepers that could be invested elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we just talked about an option like uh, like Hennessy, who, you know, at three point nine million is offering 
something you know pretty similar to what you're getting from from Joe Hart in most weeks. It seems yeah, like. No, it right is true. yeah. This season, I mean, clean sheets are whatever. They're it's just, just it's that way every league. every season. It's just you know it's it's hard to it's hard to be to to know what you're getting. And the the problem with you know having an expensive defender, you know, partially what you're paying for is you do often get some goal threat there. Yeah. Um. You know, especially if you if you have fullbacks. Um. You saw it with uh, with Ryan Bertrand this week. You know, even if even if Bournemouth had you know had scored late on after the, after the red card, uh, he's still looking at five points, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, with the, with the goalkeeper, you know, if they lose that clean sheet, you know, then you never get bonus points if your goalkeeper and you lose the clean sheet. It just never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you're looking at three or four points with saves, you know, in an, in an epic week, you might get five bonus points or, or, or five points total. Yeah. Um, yeah. with enough saves, like, um, like we saw with, um, um, Pantomil on last year, that that famous Arsenal game. Oh yeah, and speaking of Pantomil, he he has looked like total trash the last this whole season. I know it, it, we were just talking last week after their three nothing win uh, over Newcastle, and I was like, well, maybe you got to start looking at Billy Jones and these guys, and they immediately dump six goals uh, at Everton. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's uh, six pokus for me, three pokus from Josh on the goalkeepers. Look at the defense. Um, again, pretty strong here. Virgil van Dijk, Toby Alderweireld for Spurs, and then we've got Brendan Galloway on Everton. Uh, Kolarov with a very disappointing goose egg against Norwich. And yeah. then on the bench, it's uh, Hector Bellerin for Arsenal. So, a lot of again, a lot of heavy hitters there. A lot of heavy hitters. Um, Rotation is another total headache. Could be a bit of a headache there. Yeah, Alder, Alder, Alderweireld, if, if you got him at $5 million, that's that's not too bad. Galloway is going to be a problem because I'm not sure he's going to be starting much longer. I know that Leighton Baines is on his way back and might be back after the international break. Yeah. So I think he's and probably Galloway, going to take Galloway Galloway's didn't even spot. start over the weekend. He only made it onto the field because um, Oviedo went off injured straight away. True, true. So uh, but he plays forward when he plays. Yeah, uh, you do have to like his attacking potential. Yeah, um, but yeah, I picked up a, a big zero this weekend. Um, yeah, I feel like so. It's, who do you drop a lot here of, if yeah, you're yeah, looking to? You, yeah, I feel like with 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 this many players, with with Alderweireld, uh, Van Dyke, Kolarov, and Bellerin. I mean, all four of those are defenders you want to play almost every week. Yeah, uh, and Galloway over this next run, I suppose. Um, yeah. Although you know, you could also leave him on your bench. Um, it does seem like a lot of money is tied up in the defense too. Maybe a little too much. So I mean, I mean, my recommendation would be to drop Hugo Lloris and just set Joe Hart in the goal, and that would free you up, Bobby, to get rid of Kolarov. Yeah, although and, I actually think I—I I mean, you know, he's trying to—you know—he's in one point nine million. He's trying to come back. I like a lot of the fixtures for these defenders over the next few weeks. You know, it might be worth going with a four-man backline sure. if you've got this much money there. If you've already got the the defense, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Alderweireld's fixtures aren't great. Um, they're they're kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, West Ham, and Chelsea in the next three. Um, they get a little better after that, so you're probably going to have them in the bench for a while anyway. I certainly wouldn't play Alderweireld um, away to Arsenal this weekend. Yeah, uh, we've only seen one one thing in Alderweireld's locker last season was Southampton. Is he was I feel like he was getting more assists and goals, and this season just one goal for Spurs. Yeah. But he he's looked pretty good. I mean, I think if I if I if I were going to have a Spurs defender, he, he has one goal and one assist, uh, two bonus points. I, I think he's the defender I'd want on Spurs. Although Eric Dyer, I guess, is an option too. Yeah. All right. How uh, many? I'm still a little worried about Dyer playing every week, but um, 
Yeah, let's give him. I'm going to go with seven Pokus. I mean, it's an expensive defense. No, you know what? Brandon, I'm, a, I'm having one of my famous changes of heart. Wow, you flip flopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it eight Pokus. Okay, love See, the defense. I was thinking seven Pokus. I thought we were going to be right on the money there, but uh, so it's it's seven for me, eight for you. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to the midfield, um, uh, we've got Alexis Sanchez, Dusan Tadic, Dimitri Payet, Kevin De Bruyne. And Riyad Mahrez again, just stacked to the hilt. Yep, I, I feel okay. like Bobby's going for. He's trying to get on the homepage with highest team value with this squad. <laughs> uh, yeah, what what is his team value? Yeah, he's at almost one one of four million. He's got he's got me beat. That's he's for got sure. One hundred and three point seven with point one in the bank. So that's uh, that's a gross of one hundred three point eight. So I I feel bad about Reagan on Tadic because it's the one player that he's got that's kind of a differential yeah. and. You want to you want to applaud that a little bit. It is you know it's like you want to like applaud people who don't have a, a full template. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not even at seven million. I'm not which isn't that expensive. I'm just not sure that Tadic is the player that I'd want. I think especially if you freed up some money by getting rid of um, one of your goalkeepers, I think um, you could turn him into somebody better. You turn know, him into Mane, Mane, Ayu. Um, you know, lots of lots of different options. Yeah, even uh, even Sterling, I guess. I mean, it's not Sterling's not that much more expensive. Two million, I think. Yeah, and Sterling having a fantastic game in the Champions League uh, here on Tuesday when we were recording it. So uh, he's he's looking better and better about I mean, the, game the thing, thing with his team that's interesting is you see, so look at this. You know, midfield with a lot of money in it, defense with a lot of money in it, forward uh, goalkeepers a lot of money. It, it's showing you what I'm actually. I'm surprised that he's done so far. I think he might have started in game week two. I think I might, might remember him saying this on on Twitter. Oh, okay, that explains uh, it. That that would explain things a little bit. Uh, but I think um, you see how much you can spread money around, and how I mean, like his forward line is not very expensive, but it's hard to take too much of an issue with it, right? I mean, you have a, a Gallo, Jamie Vardy, and, and Pele. And, um, I mean, at some point, uh, especially when Aguero comes back, you're going to run into trouble. Yeah. Uh, but right now you can absolutely get away with having a, a, a forward line where no one costs more than 8.5 million. Yeah. I mean, that, that almost might be the template right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Um, so where does that put you on the Poku scale with this midfield? Uh, I'm going to go seven. I don't like it quite as much as I like the defense. Yeah. I mean, I don't really take issue with anything on, on here. I just think that. Having five midfielders who you want to play week in and week out creates yeah. headaches, you know, as, as, as you're seeing, Brandon. Um, yeah. yeah, you it know, is. Yeah. it's almost easier sometimes just to have a 4.5 midfielder that you never play. Yeah. No, uh, it, because it, uh, otherwise, you're just in the situations where you're just agonizing over who to play, and then you have, you know, one of your guys gets. Yeah, you know, it, it was yeah. so much easier when I had uh, uh, Tim Gomes up in my front three, and I was like, "Oh, I can bench that guy. He sucks." Oh, Tim, yeah, sweet Tim <laughs> should have scored against Arsenal. I can't believe oh, that, score. It, it, he he was just in on goal, and he hesitated. Even Czech hesitated. Czech was like, "What is this guy doing?" It's the it, I mean that like that is the like form doesn't seem like something that should be real. You know, like this is like like form should be like clutch in baseball. You know, in yeah. baseball, it's idea that you know, like clutchness does not exist. That it's just you know, over the long run, you perform Mind in any ball. situation basically the same as you would in any other situation. Yeah, um, that's kind of the dumbed down version of it. But um, you well, know, but with form, you absolutely see it, right? I mean, a confident soccer player is a player who is lethal. You know, at least at least a forward. You know, they're just they 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 see it and they strike. And that, I mean, you see with Jamie Vardy right now, right? I mean, yeah. every time that guy has the ball, it's if he's if he's not scoring, he's missing by 
six inches. You know, yeah. I mean, he's right on, right on the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm actually not going to rag on Tadic as much as you. Um, oh, by the way, going back to that uh, Swansea Arsenal game, Hector Bellerin got back to help with that um, stuffing that Gomes. Yeah. Um, what a great player. Breakaway. About- and then he, and then he comes back and he has like a goal line clearance against what should have been a certain goal for IU and would have I justified s- s- my yeah. decision. I saw that too. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he's not playing against Bayern tomorrow, and he's a doubt for this weekend. Uh, some people say he's going to start, but I, I think that's unlikely. Yeah, uh, I think he. I, I would very. I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, if Bellerin played um, um, in the North London Derby this weekend. I think uh, they'll probably rest him through the international break. Okay, remind me where where you fell on the Poku scale with Bobby G's midfield. Uh, seven. seven, seven. Okay, I'm going to go eight because I just love that Tadic is the differential here, and I don't dislike him as much as you. Do his playing time is a little sketch. Uh, I don't. I don't dislike Tadic. I, I just don't think he's uh, outside of the famous game week eight last year. He's not the most explosive of players. Yeah. Uh, I guess he actually. Well, I guess in game week four he had, he had sixteen points, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean he can be explosive. I don't know. I, I just I want more consistent returns than I'm getting from Tadic. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, looking at his his whole run over the course of eleven weeks, it's really it's better than we give him credit for, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't yeah, totally he's kind of having an under-the-radar season. Yeah. All right, Klopp Republic FC front line, as you mentioned, Josh Pele, Vardy, and Igalo. Yeah. Um, fantastic front line. Everybody here is in form. That's, that's got to be, a, you know, 9.5 pokus. Yeah, given the way the money is distributed on Bobby's team, I, I have to imagine he, he did not have Aguero at any point. Um, because for him to bring a, you know, despite saying earlier on that I, it should only take two or three moves to bring an Aguero for most people, yeah. I think the, the way his team is constituted, I think it would actually be a bit of a pain in the ass to bring to bring Aguero in, uh, because you've got the two five million forwards and yeah. a lot of expensive defenders. Uh, now it may not really matter. I mean, you know, having Aguero was something that. I mean, if Aguero doesn't score five goals, you know, if, if he's if he's still too injured to play the second half of that that Newcastle game, yeah. we all still feel like fools for having him, right? I mean, he <laughs> had the, the one absolutely one game week, which which is which helps everyone to have this sort of ex post facto justification of having him for eight weeks in a row, which he basically did nothing, you know, yeah. other than this stretch of about thirty minutes in that Newcastle game, right? I mean, I think he scored his first goal in like the thirty fifth minute and scored. You know, four more uh, before like the 65th minute, and then they subbed him. Yeah. So uh, you know, if he doesn't have that 30 minute stretch, um, it's looking very smart not to have Aguero. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, that. So not to like get too off track here, but I mean, I'm he's not as a cent. You know, if, if we if we can look past the five goal moment. Yeah. It's not like you need to have Aguero in the very first week that he comes back. After that five goals, this has become the Aguero season, and he has only been a factor in one game week. But it was just a game week where he was the only factor. Um, right. It was the most. I mean, it was it was one of the more significant moments that I've had in five years of playing the fantasy league. Right. I mean, it was that it was that extraordinary. <laughs> I thought you were going to lead it to be like it was probably the most profound moment of. <laughs> of my entire life <laughs> yes. as an American. It was a, it was a great moment. Uh, no, it was just, it was a crazy moment. It was all summed um, up in one text message that you sent me, uh, right after the fifth goal. And actually, so I watched the games, uh, streaming through the NBC sports live extra. Yeah. So I, I, I had to stay slightly away from Twitter because my, there's like a 20 <laughs> second delay. So yeah. I got a text from you that just says, Jesus Christ. 
And at that point, I knew a fifth goal had gone in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, so anyway, but, but we can't let one data point override everything else, you know? And so I am definitely not going to be one, I'm not going to be, and sorry, Bobby, I don't mean to get too off track here with the, with the RMT, but, uh, I, I think it would be crazy to spend more than four points to bring Aguero in right off the bat. I think, uh, you know, plan it out. Get you know, save yourself two transfers for one game week. Yeah, maybe burn four points if you have to, or maybe just set yourself up to bring them in the following week. Yeah. Well, I I have to say in in closing, my closing remarks for Bobby G. And mm-hmm. uh, do we rate his forward line? Yeah, I gave it a uh, nine point five. Oh wow! Well, uh, what are you giving it? Uh, it is almost a ten, uh, given what he's done, given what the performance from the players that he has so far. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I might want to subtract one Poku just because one has to assume that either Gar- Vardy or Gala will not keep performing at this level. And then he may have a bit of a headache trying to bring in another defender or bring another forward because yeah. Um, yeah. there aren't that many five million options. I mean, I'm assuming that Kone long term isn't going to be the he's not Kone's not going to be somebody you want for 38 weeks, you know, yeah. so you might have to yeah. move things around a little bit. But, you know, given where it is, let's say I'll say nine point five. Yeah. It is rare you see a team like this, a team that's just so well-constructed, but it's it's too well-constructed. It's just a massive headache when you look to set your squad every weekend. Yeah, if you could play the bench boost every week, this would be <laughs> This would be the <laughs> best team ever. Uh, well, I'll, so, be, okay. I'll be curious to see how Bobby sets his team going into Game Week 12. But overall, I really like this team. I'm going to give it a... I'll give it eight Pokus overall. Overall? Okay, um... Let's give it a let's give it a unified always cheating Poku rating, and uh, I'll also go with eight. All right, all right. Well, good luck the rest of the season, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, so we have a we have a nice healthy queue of rate my teams coming up. Um, but of course, if you if you want to hear our 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 pointed analysis, you can hit us up on Twitter or through and our website. Always we're, we're going to hold ourselves to one per episode. Just... Yeah, yeah. So it could take us quite a while to get to you. So we we beg your patience. Yeah, but we're we're definitely we're not going to do one one per week, and we're we're definitely looking forward to it. But we just absolutely, I, I like the balance. I like talking about the the fixtures too. So yeah. little, you know, we want that we want the spread. Yeah. All right. So speaking of fixtures, it's time to step into the always cheating optimizer. The optimizer activated, <laughs> and it's game week twelve. Um, Josh, you want to take us through the fixtures, and so we can figure out uh, who yeah, in these games we want in our squads. Let's do it. And we, Brent, I can officially say that we on this Saturday, if you are in New York, we're going to the Football Factory to watch games. Yes, we'll be there, we'll be there for this, this early morning fixture. And to show you our commitment, we're even going to get there uh, for the seven forty-five a.m. kickoff of Bournemouth Newcastle. That's how freaky we are. I am almost certainly not going to have a player in this game, but I'm actually pretty excited about this game. <laughs> just yeah. from a, just from a pure, I mean, like any any scores on the table in this game, yeah. right? Like yeah. three three would not surprise me. Uh, Neil Nil would actually surprise me. Yeah, uh, but if anything it, other than that, one nothing, two two. I think there'll be goals. They are two very strange teams. Like I was saying about Bournemouth playing Southampton or uh, this past game week. If the second half Bournemouth team shows up, they will fare pretty well against Newcastle. I think. Yep. And uh, you have you have to hope that Eddie Howe gets a, a little bit of joy here. He just he seems like 
such a cute little guy. He needs a little happiness. It's a very tough run for Bournemouth. It's a it's a dark time. I I, I think the international break it helped them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, I know they're still nursing a lot of injuries, and sometimes you just need that international break to reset. You know, because yeah. they've really only been terrible since the last international break. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, okay. they weren't so bad before then. So it seems clear to me that the only the only players worth having in this fixture would be Newcastle attacking players. Wijnaldum, uh, uh, Mitrovic, and if you're a crazy person like Josh, maybe Iosi Perez. <laughs> yeah, but there are probably other places to spend your five million. Uh, yeah, I want. I guess some people probably probably Wijnaldum is probably going to be the most owned player in this in this game. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, I guess uh, Trevor Francis, right? I mean, everybody. Uh, Francis probably has the highest ownership on that on that Bournemouth team. I would think. Uh, yeah. Let's see, he's at. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it's just in the people that that we see in our leagues, but his ownership is actually only three point two percent. Wait, did I see Trevor Francis? Is that is that the player I'm thinking of? Uh, the he? Bournemouth defender. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is him. I was like, well, has he has he not played for a while? And it's <laughs> no, because he, he just he has, hasn't. He's been letting in goals left and right. Yeah, he has three straight zeros because uh, they've conceded so many goals over the last few. Uh, Last few fixtures. I had Francis in my initial team to start the season, and I would bet a lot of people that have Francis in their lineup are people that haven't played their wild card yet. I bet Wilson is still the most owned player in this team. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> a fact. Yeah, by so a bunch of ghost teams. teams. Yeah, four point five percent. Let's see, Matt Ritchie's five. So Matt Ritchie just just nicks him. He's at five point six percent ownership. All right, we've already spent too much time on this guy. Yeah. second game. What's next? All right, yeah, but but yeah, so but uh, Football Factory. It's part of Legends Bar. Uh, it's on 33rd Street uh, in Manhattan between 5th and 6th Avenue. If you're we'll going to be, be there, yeah, just hit us up on Twitter at Hell Cheaters and we'll find you. Yeah, we'll be the nerdy guys probably at the bar or near it. Yeah. <laughs> at, on, near, around. <laughs> Behind the bar. We actually work there. This is a long con. We want people to come to the bar. All right. Uh, okay, 10 o'clock fixtures. First one is uh, Leicester Watford. Uh, yeah, Leicester City. Great. I will be you, starting Mares. Are you thinking about captaining Vardy in this game? Uh, would you think about it? Yeah, I would definitely think about it. I think um, in the uh, the bonkers analysis, robot analysis that uh, was done at TransferHub.com earlier this week, mm-hmm. Jamie Vardy was picked as statistically the best choice for captain. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know how you could argue, given what we've seen so far from him this year. Uh, I mean, he's averaging a goal a game right now. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I have questions because this Watford defense has so many plaudits, and they could keep it tight, but I don't know. I just haven't, I frankly haven't watched, like I said earlier, I haven't watched enough Watford to know what sort of yeah. faith to put in uh, how Lester's going to perform. They have shown the ability to have some defensive solidity at times this year, that's for sure. Uh, I... I think I would I would definitely consider Captain Vardy. I mean it's it's a it's a tricky week for captaining, I think. As, I'm as, feeling, as we'll I'm feeling see. shy about it. I'm feeling yeah. shy about that captain. I think there are some there there's some tricky options. Uh I mean a lot of compelling options. It's just it's just a, it's kind of a tough one. So yeah. all right. This game is a stay of execution for Robert Huth, though, I will say, because I'm I'm just sick and tired of that guy's giant head. I know. And now do I double down on my my double Lester defensive pairing? Yeah. I mean, would you rather have would you rather have Schmeichel at home to Watford, or uh, Stokes or, or Jack Butland at home to Chelsea? I think you got to go double or nothing on this one. That's what I would do. 
I know. I just you know, it's hard not to let the the recent past influence my decision. There is there is a line from uh, the HBO show Band of Brothers where one guy is he's he's really scared of getting hurt in battle, and another guy turns to him and says, "You just have to accept the fact that you're already dead." And mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying to you, Josh. Double down on this luster <laughs> defense and just yeah, go in accepting yeah. that fact. Might have to happen. All right, Man United at home to West Brom. Man United coming off a one nothing Champions League win. Uh, there, I this game to me is so, is so clearly a one nothing game. In, in you know, I just who? United. Oh, for United, yeah, I think okay. they'll score. I think I think West Brom will come out a little tighter after uh, last week, and uh, they will concede one goal. Uh, probably given the way Man United's offensive players from a fantasy perspective, but it's been so crazy, so hard to predict anybody. Yeah. Right. I mean, Mata had that like nice run for a while there, but now. Yeah. And Martial is one of the few bandwagons that has not panned out this season. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. Um, we keep expecting it to at some point, but I mean, I wouldn't bring in Martial this week, right? I mean, West Brom's defense is good enough no. that. And there's, there's yeah. lots of reminiscence about, um, there's lots of reminiscing online about Boaz Myhill's performance last year at Old Trafford where he had a penalty save and a clean sheet. Yep. So. I like my um yeah, I mean I, you could you could definitely argue for starting Myhill this weekend. Um I think I think I think you could see a West Brom clean sheet and uh even if the, you even if you don't I think he'll probably pick up three or four points anyways just from from saves. Yeah. I I agree with you though. Easier to see a Manchester United clean sheet here. Yeah, and that's what I would invest in if I were looking to spend any money on this game. Yeah, me too. Uh, if I didn't have moves to do elsewhere, I would definitely be bringing in. Um, I'd try to bring in Chris Smalling if I could afford him. And if I couldn't afford him, I guess Mark to go full circle. Rojo would be the player I'd bring in. Yeah, Rojo is the good short term bet, I think. All right. So that brings us to uh, Norwich Swansea. Um, Oh, God have mercy. God, I know. <laughs> the Swansea team was like the sexiest team in the entire league uh, like 10 weeks ago. Norwich, too. You know, the first few weeks they looked great. And, you know, uh, Redmond was, uh, was was scoring a lot. And yeah. it just, you know, looked, they looked like a, like a team to, to invest in. Yeah. <laughs> so here's yeah. my dilemma. Uh, of and course we don't I, even have George R. Russell Martin anymore. I really, know. I would have started card. this weekend. So who's even going to play in the middle of that defense? And and I'm already saying I'm going to play Mares in favor of Andre Ayu, but how could I not want Ayu playing against this really soft, depleted Norwich defense? Yeah. How do I make that call? Help I, me. I, yeah, I mean that is a tough one. Um, this is what I'm talking about. This is why having having the the, the big five. I mean, it actually has worked out well for you so far, so you can't yeah. complain too much. No, I can't. I'm not, uh, I don't want to give that impression. I'm but, thinking yeah, maybe I, think, I bench um, Sanchez or Ozil. I think you could make an argument for benching Ozil over AU this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alexis is too dangerous because you just never know. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, he's, he's too explosive. Man. But I, I think I would maybe play Ayo over Ozil. That'd be an interesting one. I think that, that, that's maybe what I would do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think it's going to, it's, you know. It's not going to tip the scales. It's not going to tip the scales, probably. Presumably. Knock on wood. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, so, you know, this game, I, I would expect Swansea to, to win. Uh, yeah. Maybe like 2 nothing or... Two one. It really depends on uh, whether my beloved Diomersi Mobakani is. is yeah. What, what's healthy. the latest with Mobakani? Is he playing? Is he not playing? Uh, I think it's still. He's still. Um, it's looking like 
he's got the 50-50, not just the light yellow. He's got the oh, the man. orange. So this is, you know, this is an all-time low for the Mobicani uh, fan group. No, no, Mobicani's fine. He's got he's, he's got two goals. He's going to score thirty or forty more. I I feel pretty good about Mobicani. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, uh, all, so all I'll investment say, I'll, in Swansea. Here. Yeah, two nothing Swansea is my prediction. Yeah, all right, Sun, Sunderland Southampton. Uh, I feel I would feel better. Weirdly, I feel weird saying this. Captaining Pele away from home, where he he doesn't have the best form. Yeah, but he's in such he's such a rich vein of form, and this Sunderland defense is crap. I am th- so Mane is the player that I'm considering bringing in, and if I bring him in, I'm, I'd actually consider capping him. Yeah. Uh, I know he didn't score um, at home to Bournemouth. It certainly looked like he should have scored a couple of times. Very active. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one. So I'm looking at. I'm actually look. I'm looking at Mane or possibly um, uh, Coutinho is the other one I'm thinking about now too. Uh, interesting. I like it. Yeah, just because um, he's a bit of a. You know, it's it's this. We talk about differentials, and there's it's almost like two tiers of differentials. There's like overall differentials, and there's differentials in all of the mini leagues that we're in. And Coutinho is not well owned in those mini leagues, despite yeah. having about fifteen percent ownership overall. Yeah. So he's someone I'd think about. The only problem is that Man City fixture in game week thirteen is so rough that it's like, you know, you just you know you're not going to get anything from him in that fixture. So uh, he scored. He scored against City last year. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I think it'd be a little um, points chasey really to bring in Coutinho anyways. Not to not to get too off. Yeah. Off traffic here. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so okay. yeah, nobody's purchasing anything in Sunderland right now. Eve, not even um, who who is who is the guy on their defense that you want everyone everyone to buy? <laughs> Billy Jones. Billy Jones. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, yeah, so I think Southampton will probably uh, like a three nothing Southampton is what is my prediction. Okay. Now, if you recall, we watched Southampton Sunderland last year uh, in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, I do recall we were um, at a wedding Just random bar. <laughs> Yeah, we were at a wedding down in New Orleans, and we uh, said to the ladies, oh, we have to go run a quick errand. Or actually, I think they had to run an errand, and we're like, fine. We managed to find a bar playing. Or so we, close. It was it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And good popcorn, too. Uh, all right. So, uh, yes, yeah, 3 nothing Southampton is my prediction. Uh, and, in fact, yeah, not to get too, you know, down this road, but that, that game was amazing, remember, because Jose Font – like did everything he could to get a red card in that game. There were like <laughs> yeah. and multiple not... handballs, <laughs> penalties. Like that's when we learned that referees will never call a penalty on Jose Font. And that was the game where um, the the long forgotten uh, El Hierro Ilia um, had had a pretty good performance. He put together like a three game run of form for Southampton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never two goals in that game, right? That's right, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon because I think he was five point five million. Yeah, let's see. Is he is he on loan now, or is it Feyenoord? Actually, he was he was on loan at Southampton. Ah, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. The Coleman connection. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Yeah, enough about this game. What's yeah, and game? actually, that, now that I look back, that game was actually uh, Newcastle that we watched. <laughs> it was, uh, it was Southampton, Newcastle. Well, Whatever. Was, you know, it was up in the yeah. Tyneware area. Yeah, it's all interchangeable. It's for all us. Inter- yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're ugly Americans. You know, it's all the same. Sure. Okay, so uh, that brings us to uh, West Ham-Everton. Uh, very excited about this game. This is the 10 o'clock game that I am far and away the most excited for. This will be the always cheating official pure watch of Game Week 12. Well, not really. Well, a pure watch, but also a watch with, with, with lots of fantasy implications. Uh, yes. I have Payette. You don't have Payette. Uh, we both have um, 
Lukaku. We both have Lukaku. Um, I guess I would, I would, I would at least consider bringing in Barclay as as my as my replacement uh, midfielder. Um, another option. So yeah. Again, I love how you say uh, Ross Barclay. Like like he owns the, Bar- <laughs> the Barclay Barclay Premier League. <laughs> <Premier League. laughs> uh, he well, he's the heir to the Barclays fortune. That's incredible. Yeah, so I guess you're you have everything to gain here if uh, Dimitri, old Dimitri, shows up. Yeah, exactly. You've got everything to lose. I do. Yeah, God. So come to, come down to the football factory because it could get weird. <laughs> uh, I'm predicting a two-two draw in this game. Uh, okay, so who's going to score? Uh, all That's right. what I want to know. <laughs> uh, let's say a goal from Payet, a goal from Lukaku, uh, an own goal from John Stones. Uh, from John Stones and an own goal from James Collins. Well, James Collins won't be playing because he's on a red card. Ah, but it's going to get overturned in the middle of the week, and he's going to be able to come on and play. <laughs> this is like an episode of Murder, she wrote. All the twists and turns. I like it. This is, this is a pure watch even before, the, before kickoff. Oh, this is great. Okay, I'll go with it. That sounds like a good prediction to me. All right, then we got the the afternoon fixture, which is Stoke Chelsea, uh, a game that I am not expecting to have a player in, but I I may decide to just bring in Jack Butland because screw it, I just can't trust that Leicester defense. Well, you won't be bringing him. You'll be bringing him in. Or, or, or I'll be starting him. That is. Yeah. Now we've danced around it. We haven't really danced around. It. We haven't come anywhere close to talking about why in the hell you still have Eden Hazard in your midfield. Yeah, just a series of terrible. De- I you know. I, I really don't want to talk about it. Okay, yes, exactly. <laughs> so let it just let it be said that uh, the watch is on for who Hazard will be turned into come Saturday morning. Hazard has played his last week in this in my team. Even if one of my midfielders dies at midweek, <laughs> I will burn four points to bring Hazard out. I cannot spend another week with him. I, I, don't, I don't even care if he scores a hat trick this weekend. I, I do not care. He has to go. <laughs> Uh, so no, no, you, no, his, you no, sound more and more like Jose Mourinho every week. I swear <laughs> my team, I, my, uh, you know, eventually this Chelsea team is going to turn around and when it does it, like this, like this weird Dorian gray thing that seems to be going on right now where it's not even Dorian gray. It's like a Dorian gray in reverse. Like my team is bad and, and, uh, I, I'm just mirroring them. There's yeah. no, there's no Dorian. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. So eventually Chelsea will turn it around, uh, and show their championship form. As will Josh Landon, and that will we'll be see. that will be crazy if you dump Hazard and suddenly Chelsea become world beaters. I will I will be stunned. <laughs> yeah, if I like my I score like 110 points this weekend yeah. and Chelsea win five nothing. So is Chelsea? But is Chelsea going to win this game? I feel like they. Huh, I, mean, I feel like 11 really weeks predict. into the season, I still don't know what what kind of what Stoke is. You yeah. know, I don't know how good they are. I don't know. Um, I don't know where they're going to finish. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're not going to get relegated, and they're probably not going to get any of the Europe spots. No. Uh, it feels like they're integrating a lot of players right now, and I would think they'd be better next year. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they're playing a longer game right now. I mean, obviously, it could it could it could backfire if some of their their like washed up Euros like are end up playing so well that they want to go elsewhere, but. Um, the Bojans happens, and Shakiris of the yeah, world. Yeah, but if that happens, they'll also um, they'll also be you know they'll also play better and then they'll have they'll have more points and it'll yeah. be an easier yeah. to bring in players in the offseason. So I, I think they're in a win. I I, th- I feel like it's a pretty good time to be a Stoke fan. Actually, I, I think the, the team is interesting to watch. Uh, 
Jack Butlin is is the real deal, obviously. No um, shit, man. That guy's yeah. having an amazing season. And it's like they've got all these like kind of low risk, high reward players right now. And assuming even a couple of them pan out, and you think Shakiri long term is going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a fun time to be a fan of them. So I, that, all that said, I actually think they're probably going to lose this game. Yeah, I was going to say I'm going to predict a two one. Uh, yeah, here in favor of Chelsea. Yeah, like the way Chelsea's been doing all year, which is like a random goal from like Kurt Zuma and like uh, like a Ramirez goal with a John Obi McKell assist or something like that. That's how they're going to do it. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, let's. All right, moving on to Sunday. Yep, Aston Villa, Man City. I'm already uh, missing all of our friends that we made at the football factory. I know. I know. Yeah, new new day. Uh, you know, Man City is just on a roll right now. They looked great in midweek. Uh, they're scoring tons of goals, even without without Aguero. Which, I you know, I, I long, it is interesting, right? Like yeah. how many goals are scoring without Aguero? Yeah, yeah um, it's true. Even though they they, they sort of uh, were a dud against Norwich over the weekend, bit of a dud, but they they still pulled it out. It should have been three one if if Wilfred Boney had, had had taken that penalty. <laughs> uh, so uh, I expect them to keep rolling, especially an Aston Villa team that uh, doesn't look at. at you know, any better with Remy Gard, although I'm sure they will be long-term. Um, I mean, like, uh, it seems like he commands a lot of respect, right? I feel like I've heard a lot of very complimentary things about Gard. Well, the um, just the shots of him in the stands um, at White Hart Lane, he he cut a very commanding sort of figure. Like, he, it was just like the grim look that he was wearing because Villa was getting torn apart. But um, Right. So I think, um, yeah, eventually... Um, Maybe they'll be a little stronger, but they're obviously. I mean, they're they're the they're they're in twentieth place right now. Um, they're actually two. They're even even Sunderland has two more points than Eston Villa right now. I I'm still like shocked that it's going this badly. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be because when you look at that team, it's not very impressive. You know, Jordan Ayew yeah. almost had a brace in that um, in that game. I don't know if you saw. He had a goal that. Uh, but kind of a long-range Coutinho-style strike that just missed. Yeah, I think Man City win like 3-1 or 4-1. Um, yeah, there is a temptation you know. to Captain De Bruyne, De Bruyne. again, yeah, but uh, De Bruyne absolutely. is on He's on this like Cesc Fabregas run of Chelsea last season where he's a must-have player, but he's... he's Getting get, one assist a yeah, game. Piddly yeah, piddly results. You need... You, we were, yeah. we were hoping for double figures from him. More and I, I sort of have decided that I don't want to bring in De Bruyne just because I, I am doing a little differential chasing. Mm-hmm. And I just think that Mane offers pretty much the same returns, but but maybe a little bit better and almost $3 million cheaper. So um, that's money I could spend elsewhere. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's a punt. Yeah. Um, all right. That brings us to the North London Derby. Oh, my goodness. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely. Both of these teams are in great form right now. Arsenal probably in slightly better form, given that Harry Kane, I mean, he had a, a classic FPL um, destroyer goal. We were disgusted with that goal. <laughs> Just like came, like, more or less the last kick of the game. He really hadn't done anything to deserve a goal. I mean, not to say Harry Kane doesn't work his ass off, but... But yeah, but Vulture, Vulture to goal and two bonus points at the yeah. very end of the game. Yeah, yeah. A ton of people captained him. Yeah. So annoying. So you do have to favor all your Arsenal assets in this game. You're, everyone with Spurs defenders, probably going to be a little sheepish. Yeah, I think like a 2 no, two nothing Arsenal is what I would predict in this game. Uh, maybe a Drew goal and a, I don't know, another defend, another Koscielny goal. Three yeah. and three from Koscielny. Yeah, we talked about the Walcott-Giroux issue and how you can't have either of them last week, but now Walcott's injured. Giroux becomes that much more appealing. 
Yeah, there are just there are, there are more options than you can handle on the on the forward line right now. I it's, mean, just it's like the, looking at uh, uh, Klopp Republic FC's team. Well, it's a good thing to keep in mind because it, it's hardened to get frustrated when you see these players scoring, but everyone's scoring. You yeah. know, I mean, it's you know, it's hard not to have forwards that are scoring right now. Yeah. You're yeah. just you're across the board, you know, yeah. five million, eight million. Really, it's only the it's only the expensive ones that aren't scoring. Yeah, you know, it's in Diego Costa and uh, I guess Aguero. Not that he's out. So anyway, I, I'm actually yeah. going to say three one to Arsenal. I can see Spurs uh, nicking a goal at the end of the first half just to make things interesting. Okay, I like that. And uh, Liverpool Crystal Palace final fixture of the game week. Uh, I would expect. I would expect a Liverpool win. I like what I've seen so far. Uh, Crystal Palace, uh, I could see them nicking a goal, but I, I, I do think that uh, Liverpool will win this game. Like maybe maybe another two one scoreline. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd love I'd love just for the Klopp fans out there to see another win and to see this sort of pick up steam, so we can actually see our fantasy Liverpool prospects start to take more shape. Yep, I agree, and certainly Benteke, I think, would be a. Worth taking a you know a, a punt on as a as your uh, as a differential forward this weekend. Yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah, to uh, would you want a clean sheet from Liverpool here? I mean, would you expect one? Well, I, I don't expect one. I, I I will be starting Skirtle, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, I I don't feel great about it. Uh, yeah. I just think there's there there are too many dangerous players on Crystal Palace. Uh, you know, who could just get behind the defense and and cause some trouble. Yeah, I I agree. I think I'm due for a Nathaniel Klein goal. I mean, he saved his goal for the uh, Capital One Cup, which, um, you know, good for you, Nathaniel Klein. But I'd love to see something attacking from Klein in this game. Yeah, I agree. All right, B, well, (laughs) that wraps it up. Yeah, another Uh, epic Always Cheating (laughs) podcast. I hope you guys loved it. Uh, We're loving all the banter with you guys on Twitter, so keep hitting us up at Cheaters on Twitter. And uh, a lot of you are utilizing the email function on our website at alwayscheating.com. So, um, yeah, any, any, any words of wisdom as we, as we sign off here, Josh? Uh, two words, Brandon. Hail Poku. Hail Poku. Poku forever. Yeah, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and uh, SoundCloud. We'll see you guys next week. All right, Brandon. Talk to you soon. Bye.